Hi, everybody. I'm Ralph Benmergi. Welcome to Yehupitzville, brought to you by Pear Tree Canada. I hope you've been listening to some of our podcasts in the past. We've been all over Canada looking at different communities and neighborhoods that people inhabit who are of the Jewish persuasion, who didn't think they'd end up in these places, but nonetheless, there they are. Uh, you know, when you think of Toronto, there's what, hundred and almost 200,000 Jewish people in Toronto. So you don't have to go really looking for it. Uh, but if you live in, I don't know, Grimsby or Niagara Falls, or if you live in Kenora, then yeah, you got to look for it. And it's a very interesting life. By the way, uh, a little promo of my own shtick here. Uh, I have a book out now called I Thought He Was Dead. It's a spiritual memoir. And I, uh, had it uh, released about uh, two, three, well, three weeks ago or so. And uh, I love the way people are responding to it. So if you want, take a look. Uh, there's an excerpt from it in this week's Canadian Jewish News, uh, the print edition, which you can get from the CJN Circle. If you join, you get a quarterly magazine and invitations to live events and weekly printable edition. And if you want to learn more about that, you can go to the cjn.ca slash circle. So bagels. This is a thing. Okay, so I grew up in Toronto, and there was uh, the Bagel King on Eglinton Avenue West. And the bagel, the twister was the size of your head. Uh, and th the Toronto bagel itself was fluffy and big. Kaiser's, bagels, twisters, this was Toronto. And then when we got to late high school, early university, and my friends were all going to Montreal and coming home and going, <gasps> You wouldn't believe it. These, these are just unbelievable bagels. They're, 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 they're in a fire oven and wood burning. And it's, it was like magic of some kind. So I tried them. And I have to say, if you didn't get them directly from Fairmount and 20 minutes later were eating them at the table, I didn't like them. But you weren't supposed to say that. It wasn't cool. Cool people liked Montreal bagels. I say no. I say no. I say like what you like. So... This is, why am I talking bagels on Yehopitz? Well, there's a simple reason for that, because I have two people who make bagels for a living. The bagel oven, it's in the Niagara region. It's in the GTA in different ways. There is a brick and mortar, brick and mortar reality to it. There is a pickup and delivery for that. They also supply bagels to different stores uh, in the area. If the picture of the challah is anything to go by, then you want this challah. You, now, I will say my wife makes a great holla, so maybe we should have a holla off at a certain point. We'll see. The two people behind all of this, the people who make the round ringy thing that you eat at will, are Jessica and Stephen Bretzlaff, and uh, they join me now. Hello, how are you? Hi, very well. How are you, Ralph? Thank you for inviting us to chat with you. It's my pleasure. Um, so... Uh, where exactly are you guys? Like, wh wh where is home? So home is in Niagara Falls, Ontario. Um, our business is in Thorold South, which is about 10 minutes from here. Right. So you're not from Niagara Falls, Ontario, I assume. No, no. Neither one of us is. No, not originally. I was born in northern Ontario in a small little mining camp, Red Lake, Ontario. Red Lake. Yep. What were they uh -huh. mining in Red Lake? Well, they still mine that camp. That is uh, gold there, sir. That's one of our little jewelry boxes up there in the bush that no one's supposed to know about. <laughs> and you blew it just now. There's yeah. gold in them there hills. Yeah. Not right. a very well-kept secret mining in Canada, but it's very underground. <laughs> I think I hear you on that. All right, Jessica, where did you grow up? Um, well, I grew up in Toronto. 
um, mostly. Um, my dad was a professor um, when I was born, so I was actually born in Chicago. Um, we lived in Chicago, then Vancouver, and then Toronto, but mostly I grew up in Toronto. All right. Now, in terms of Jewishness, you're Jewish. Stephen, you're not Jewish. Is that right? I'm Jewish by immersion. I've been in this family for 21 years now and getting more and more educated by my mother-in-law, father-in-law, sister-in-law, <laughs> and all the ancillary aunts and uncles and bubbies and zadies and, and frimmies and, oh, yeah. yes, I am not Jewish. <laughs> but yet you are, in a, osmotically, you are Jewish. Virtue, by virtue of osmosis, yes, yes. absolutely. So, all right. So you didn't grow up with thinking about bagels, did you, Stephen? No, it wasn't. It wasn't uh, a, a popular dish in my household. At the table, we would have brown bread. Uh, that would be our breadstuffs in the home, uh, if we were lucky. When I was young, many times my mother would bake bread. She liked to bake, but she was more of a pie baker. It was mm. your sister that was really into baking bread. And uh, my, well, I could go on and on about baking. I'm sorry. It's part of the family. I like talking about food, Ralph. Uh, you really got to, if you want to talk bagels or anything Jewish, you got to talk to this gal. She is, she is known locally as the bagel lady. Like literally people don't know her name. <laughs> all right, bagel lady. Uh, talk to me. First of all, can we talk about the, the Toronto, Montreal, um, you know, yuckiness of the conversation around bagels oh yeah. no, i love that part of it it's fun yeah all right well, so where, where do you sit so um when i was growing up in toronto my best friend roxanne finkelstein and i used to have an argument my family my parents are actually from montreal my grandparents are from montreal so um i grew up with the montreal bagel as the touchstone bagel and she grew up in Toronto with the Greif's bagel being the Toronto bagel being the ultimate bagel. And we went back and forth and back and forth and argued for, let's see, we've been best friends for 28 years now. And <laughs> I, I think it was maybe three years ago. Um, she gave me the highest compliment I think she could possibly give, which was that our bagel, the bagel oven bagel had, had, uh, become the most the most grifiest of the Montreal style bagels that she had uh, that she had experienced. But I don't even understand that argument because the Grif bagel to me was always kind of a Montrealish bagel. It wasn't it's a Toronto bagel. See, to me, the the Toronto bagel is sort of a bigger, a puffier, uh, softer kind of a bagel, and the Montreal bagel is a larger, whole, and more crunchy on the outside, um, and and sort of narrower. So I know all of my Toronto friends uh, find that um, all of their toppings fall through the middle of a Montreal style bagel and drives them crazy. So I think, you know, when we started this company, we started with the idea that um, we wanted to um, use my heritage and the recipes of my family, which did pass through Montreal. So it is a more Montreal than a New York style bagel, for example. And that mm. has to do with the recipe. Um, so the, Montreal bagel still has an egg-based recipe, the New York-style bagel. They removed the egg, actually, during um, rationing in the Second World War. They pulled that out of the recipe, um, and it never went back in. And then the way that they're rolled is a little bit differently. So the Montreal-style bagel is rolled as a snake and then wrapped around your hand um, or, or then made into a circle. The New York-style bagel is um, more of a, of a bun that a, a hole is punctured. So um, just... 
manufacturally, they're a little bit different. Uh, but we took that sort of Montreal and even older than Montreal kind of Eastern European um, thought process behind a bagel. And then over the last seven years, we've just been sort of combining that with what the community here in Niagara, which is really a, a community that incorporates this region proper. And then of course, um, Buffalo and, and Niagara Falls, New York, and then also a lot of Torontonians and everyone between Toronto proper and the Niagara region are always in and out of this area. And all of that kind of created the bagel oven bagel, which is sort of a hybrid of all of that. A little bit rounder, a little bit fluffier than your typical Montreal, a little bit smaller hole, but not the teeny hole, um, and not quite as soft as a New York style. But uh, most of the people that try our bagels say that it's best all worlds. <laughs> wow, listen to her already. Boy, you don't want to be in a fight with this one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you, I love it. I love the bagel debate for two reasons, because I can win it every time. <laughs> number like, so that's number one. I can win the thing every time. And number two, it's so perfect that a traditional Jewish food has spawned an argument that goes on for centuries <laughs> and it's harmless. But okay, it's just so, so here's over the, the quality of yeah, what here's the, here's the Jewish thing. Like. Here's the Jewish thing about it. Oh, there, it has to be an argument. I mean, yeah. it's no fun yes, if it's not an argument. At. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 I've been part of the family and immersed long enough to realize that if you can't argue, you're dead meat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, okay. This is considered where you live in Niagara, um, ethnic food, right? Correct. So is there a kind of an education process that has to go on or is there are, do the people who live in the, in the area who don't really have anything Jewish in their lives? Do they just because, OK, put it this way. When uh, Tim Hortons came out with bagels, they came out with like cinnamon raisin bagels. Yes. And it was like, what is that? What are you doing? Like, who said you could do this? Right. It's not a cake. It's a bagel. So I, I don't really think that Canadiana wise, they've got the bagel thing down. Do you find there's an education process in this in some way? Um, you know, it's interesting. I think it's sort of twofold. So what I've what I've discovered, what we've discovered is that pretty much everybody has a bagel story in their life. Everybody has some kind of a connection with the bagel. People you wouldn't even imagine have some kind of contact with bagels. And the people who have never encountered a real bagel and have only ever had the store-bought uh, dimple bun version of the bagel... Um, as soon as they are introduced to a real bagel, um, they become the most popular fans immediately and out of the gate. Just dive right into it. Um, so, and what was also remarkable is there's actually a very large Jewish population here in Niagara. And there is also a very, very large Eastern European um, Prussian Slavic culture here. Yes. Um, of which he is one. And uh, you never guessed. <laughs> uh, you know the last name uh, yeah. kind of says laugh. Yeah. where were that yeah, exactly. people that's exactly. a New Zealandish or something yeah, right. Right. <laughs> that's a good Irish name there <laughs> oh Brett's laugh yeah, have yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's what my mother Mick used Brett's to call laugh, yeah. yeah look here oh. comes Seamus or Brett's laugh yeah. <laughs> he's got a bagel all right all right <laughs> All right, so so once people they 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 are struck by the lightning of the bagel, they eat it and they swear by it. All right, that's right. And, and then actually, most, go ahead. Most of our 
most of our um, marketing has been word of mouth from one person who discovers it and is so intrigued by it to to the next. Hmm. So it's really been remarkable. So you yeah. don't have to like, so when you supply stores and stuff, you, you're not having to do a big, okay, let's start from the beginning because there is the commercial bagel that is sold in any supermarket now, you know, the roll of six and they're yep. kind of, you can, they can bounce, put it that way. If yes, you throw them down, can. they'll bounce. Um, what is the key to a great bagel? Okay. So the key to a great bagel is the, is the chew. So basically it has to do with a chemical reaction. Um, and the most important part to making an excellent bagel is that it's boiled before it's baked. And most of those store-bought bagels are not boiled, they're steamed because it's more expensive to create a line product that, um, that is manufactured in that way that includes a boiling process. So what does boiling do for it? So when you boil a bagel, imagine... Imagine um, a ball of dough and you submerge it in hot, hot liquid. What happens is the exterior sears very quickly and the interior expands very quickly. So it creates a kind of a, of a turbo pressure between the inside and the outside that maintains a chewiness and a density to the bread that you just don't get otherwise. That's why the bagels in a store kind of just taste like they, they feel like regular bread in the shape of a round circle, whereas a proper bagel has a very different texture altogether. And that goes for uh, many of the Toronto bagels, New York bagels, Montreal bagels. They all share this part of the process that makes them a much superior product. Uh, we also uh, use a sweetener in our water. We use honey, which is a traditional uh, sweetener, uh, but some people would use a malt um, or some people would use something that's more vegan. Um, when they make pretzels, they use arsenic. That is true. Yes. Wow. Um, yeah. Yeah, those variants take shit real serious. Oh, okay, I don't want to get into pretzels. That's just scary. <laughs> uh, um, all right. So, so you're in Niagara. You're uh, you're doing something. It's a Jewish thing. Correct. You know, you're. Do you feel like you're a bit of an ambassador for Jewish culture by doing the bagel in your region? Yes, absolutely. And in fact, when we started this business, um, we started by um, renting, actually bartering for rent at the local synagogue. So we bartered for their kitchen so that we would make their product for their services. Um, and uh, because we made it in their kitchen and followed the appropriate direction, our bagels were considered uh, kosher out of the gate. And uh, we became sort of an emblem of that community. Um, so I still have people who call me who, who just look us up online and say, you know, we just moved to the region. Where can I get matzah? Where can I get a good rye bread? Where can I get, you know, anything Jewish? They'll call us. They'll call us before they call the synagogue. And actually... Um, our synagogue um, will oftentimes put people through to us. Um, so we baked at the synagogue for seven, for six, five years, for five years before we moved out of the synagogue. Um, so my kids grew up in the synagogue, uh, running around outside of the kitchen. Um, we, we became very much a part of that community. And uh, people really do consider us we're kind of like a beacon, a homing beacon. People will, and it's hilarious because they'll come to our shop and they'll say, you know, I must be the only Jew in Niagara. 
And they, I will have had seven people come to the shop that day and tell me that exact thing. Yep. I'm considering starting taking names and then just throwing Jew parties so people can meet <laughs> each other finally. <laughs> um, <laughs> that's right. You could do it right where the, the water goes over the edge. Yes. At the fall. When I was, see, we're Moroccan. Everybody, as soon as they came from Morocco, we had to get them in a car and take them to Niagara Falls. They oh, wanted wow. to see Niagara Falls. So we would go. And I always always find myself standing right where the water goes over the edge because the constant movement of the water and the stillness of the rocks hypnotized me. And, you know, my uncle, you know, would come back after everybody had left there and I was still standing there and give me a smack and go, what are you doing? Get with the rest of us. And go, okay, all right, sorry. And we get in the Rambler and go home and that would be it. But that was what Niagara Falls was to us. To me, it was, there was no Jewish culture to Niagara Falls. Well, it's actually, there there have been quite a few Jews in the mix in the making of Niagara Falls proper. Oh, Several yeah. very prominent families who... Uh, well, Barbara Frum, the, the Frums came from there, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, there's Green, a Zimmerman, Greenspan. Zimmerman uh, Drive here. I mean, they don't... There's a massive, massive legacy buildings from a previous dynasty that was built by the, the Jewish immigrants into this area that is still there. It's still there. The, the physical you know, aspects of it exist. Just all the people sort of got old and their kids moved away and got other jobs elsewhere and the economy. Yeah. We're in the Rust Belt here to some degree, right? Prior yeah. to the Rust Belt, it was a booming manufacturing area. This was, this is where Tesla exploded his knowledge into the world. You right, know what I'm saying? Right, right, absolutely. Niagara Falls is such a power plant of everything that we've forgotten about. You know, the, the, you said Zimmerman Drive, and I, th I started imagining Zimmerman Drive and thinking it's two, two people about to come in and one goes, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go, no, you go. <laughs> no, it's all right, you go, that's right. no, you go. Yeah, that's okay. in the corner of Zimmerman and Kaplan, that always happens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Okay, so Jessica, do you find yourself kind of surprised at where you end up now in your life? Like if I'd asked you 20 years ago, where are you going to end up? Are you yes. a little like, what am I, you know, talking yes. heads, you know? hundred percent. I had no idea. I had no idea that this is where we would be or what we would be doing. I believe that we would have been here in Niagara. So we came to Niagara 21 years ago for our honeymoon um, because we were poor and living in Toronto and we could borrow a car and drive here <laughs> and spend three days here and enjoy our, our honeymoon. And while we were here, we decided we would definitely retire here because it just was so beautiful and the people were so wonderful. And then we ended up in the States for about a decade. And when we were moving back because our children were getting to school age and we wanted to be in Canada for them to attend school here, um, we kind of handpicked this spot um, instead of to retire to actually build a future here. Um, so I think the space itself, we definitely wanted to come to. And when we arrived, um, so my background is not in baking. I'm an MBA um, and we knew that we wanted to create a family business. And so we spent a little bit of time when we first got here, kind of evaluating the community, seeing what it was about. We knew we wanted to be here partially to be close to our own food sources. So we kind of thought that a food-based food business would make sense. Um, and we realized very quickly that there just was no good ethnic cuisine here, which has changed significantly since that time, actually. Yeah. Since 2011, yeah. a lot of different ethnic foods have come to Niagara and it's really exploded. Um, not a huge Jewish scene. I think we're still uh, at the head of the game on that one. 
but many, many different uh, communities. Of yeah, because the Hamilton, I, I live in Hamilton, and, and the Hamilton Reform Synagogue is now kind of where the Niagara Jews have a place virtually to come together. So there's no consistent synagogue life in, in, in Niagara. So the kids, how do they see themselves? Do they see themselves as Jewish? Do they, do they have yeah. the ability to reinforce yeah, definitely. that? Definitely as Jewish. And until COVID, um, we actually attended synagogue with them weekly. Um, not that not that we're tremendously religious. I didn't grow up in a religious household. I grew up um, in a secular kind of humanistic household. I had my bat mitzvah. I wrote a speech on feminism and Judaism and had it at the Science Center. So you can <laughs> imagine sort of the, the baseline of our Jewish uh, culture. Yeah. Um, but I did study Yiddish at McGill. Um, uh, Yiddish literature. What'd you um, do that for? Well, I was an anthropology major because I was a confused kid and had no idea what to do. And I thought if I'm going to study culture, I might as well get a handle on my own. And I felt like the best way to access a culture was through language. Um, and I didn't know Yiddish and I thought I should learn it. So I mm. did. And then I actually studied Yiddish literature in Yiddish. I actually won the McGill Award for Yiddish literature um, studies when I was there. Um, and it was just fascinating to me. Uh, so, so all of that was, was, uh, was sort of part and parcel. Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, listening to you, I, I, I think you probably surprised yourself throughout your life. You keep going. Yes. Oh, yeah. We met in Montreal, by the way. That's where we met. We did. We did. What were you doing in Montreal? I had uh, graduated from my finishing program at Le Grand Ballet Canadien School called uh, L'Ecole Supérieure de Danse de Québec. And uh, I was still working at the old Dublin pub, uh, the oldest Irish pub in Montreal. When Jessica walked in one night, um, I, was slinging, I was slinging drinks to keep the wolf away from the door while my career was just starting to move as a dancer. Right. And uh, I fell in love and I tricked her <laughs> into uh, sticking around with me. And I've been keeping her surprised and on her back foot ever since. And it's worked, I'm telling you. <laughs> So literally you saw her, she walked in and you were like, you know, uh, Al Pacino in The Godfather. You got hit by the lightning. Uh, not to say she's going to get blown up in a car. I'm let's, just saying. Let's say of all the pubs in Montreal, <laughs> walk any other one. Right. Okay. I think I get where we're going here. We're going back to my country. It's yeah. Casablanca time. All right. Yeah. So, what? okay. Where do you see this? this going uh, in terms of being the sort of bagel Jewish ambassador of Niagara Falls, where, where do you see this going? Is it good the way it is? Do you want to make it bigger? Are you going to have Buffalo bagels? What's, what's next for you? We have all sorts of ideas. Actually, the thing that we've been investing in um, our time and energy and our team um, very heavily right now is we've, we've just expanded our location. We moved from, we were in Beansville for three years and then we we've moved now to Thorold South absolutely adore the people there, just salt of the earth, wonderful community. And uh, we expanded our space dramatically and, and also expanded our production to include um, Jewish deli um, and also uh, a sandwich counter takeaway. Um, so, so we're doing a lot more food service type of stuff and really expanding into more of the products that um, Jews are looking for in this community and really lots of people are looking for in this community. Lots of people are looking for good quality, nutritious food that doesn't, that doesn't um, skin them alive on the price. 
Right, you know, uh, right. I can't compete with with uh, McDonald's and uh, A&W. I'm messing up somehow because I really can. I can put a fine meal on, on my home, on the table in my home for half the price, a third of the price, one quarter of the price that they do. So I can do the same thing out my takeout window with good, wholesome uh, meats and vegetables and, and soups. Uh, you may think your wife makes perhaps a better challah than mine, but I bet you, I would I would stand her matzo ball soup up against yours anytime, sir. <laughs> well, luckily, my, my wife can make a matzo ball soup, but being Moroccan, it was not a big call in North Africa for ah, matzo ball soup. Yeah. No, you know. I, gotta, I, gotta, I gotta get into Yeah, the, you gotta get the North African thing going here. That's a I have thing. not had enough exposure to the North African um, check out the Sephardic menu. Montrealers know it. Yeah. Yeah. Invite me over for supper, please. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Thank All you. right. So I have one question left, and that is one that I, I'm, I'm hoping I don't get the answer I'm thinking. Being identified as Jewish in this environment, have you encountered any anti Semitism in the stuff Zero. that you're doing? Zero. 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 And in Zero. fact, when, so when we first so because we were operating out of the synagogue to begin with, we were very insulated. Um, we didn't do any direct sales. We did everything through um, delivery to other pickup locations, to other shops, et cetera. Um, when we moved out on our own into the Beamsville location, it was the first time we put a sign up with our name on it. And our sign says the bagel oven and under it says traditional Jewish bagel and bread. And I remember my parents who also live in Niagara, now um, they came out to see it and it was very exciting and here I'm showing our new space and the sign and everything and I could tell that they were nervous and they were nervous about exactly that by putting Jewish up on the outside of the building that we would become a beacon for potentially anti-semitic uh, response and and I remember think I it had never occurred to me that that might be the case and I said to them well that's what we are and if that's what that engenders, then we will find out. Absolutely zero, nothing, nil, 100% have never encountered that in Niagara ever. That's so good to hear. Folks, I want to thank you. The Bagel Oven, right? Give me the website and give me the, uh, the store. The store is located at 543 Allenburg Road in Thorold South. And our website is thebageloven.com. Excellent. And people, and there are stores that carry your products as well. You don't have to come directly yes. to Thorold or anything like that. That is correct. In fact, um, if you go to our website, there are lists of places where you can access our, our bagels from uh, the GTA all the way through to Crystal Beach at the border. Anything in Hamilton, just for my own uh, purpose? Yeah, we have um, the Casual Gourmet in Hamilton, Crown Point Market in Hamilton, Um anywhere else oh and coven market as well oh yeah and, and actually um the rabbi of the conservative synagogue um rabbi hillel in Hampton is the person who oversees uh the koshering of our bakery beautiful beautiful yeah. well listen thank you very much for this guys i really appreciate it. i'm so happy for your success may you may you bagel and challah and everything else forever uh and uh really wonderful work thank you so much to you both Thank, Thank you, you, Ralph. It was a pleasure, sir. Absolutely. Be well. You too. And happy Hanukkah, by the way. You as well. Take happy Hanukkah. Care.
All right, you take care of yourselves. That, my friends, has been You Hope It Fills, sponsored by Pear Tree Canada, reducing the after-tax cost of giving for Canadian major gift donors. Learn more at peartreecanada.com. I'm your host, Ralph Benrugge. Our producer is Michael Freeman. Our music is by Louis Samayo. And if you want to travel with us across this great country, visiting more small Jewish communities, subscribe on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to hear more of my work, I host another podcast, called Not That Kind of Rabbi, and I have a brand new book out called I Thought He Was Dead. If you want to hear more from the Canadian Jewish stories, you can find them at the Canadian Jewish News' website, the cjn.ca. Thanks. We'll see you next time in Yehopetzville.